For the past decade, our teams have been working incredibly hard to make some big and much needed changes in how we develop leaders while at work. I challenge you to forge your own path in your own leadership evolution. Consider one that makes the lives of people around you and the business better by building more purpose-driven leaders and relationships with your teams. We need to build leaders who truly care about those they see and engage each and every day. We invite you to hear more about our own leadership and cultural journey, and the impactful stories will surely resonate with you and your teams. This is Edgar Cabello with the Built to Lead podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to have with me in the studio, Eric Click, our VP of EHS. Eric, welcome. Good morning, Edgar. How Maybe are you? it would be helpful if you tell everyone what EHS stands for. They may know, but let's let's get a little help from yeah, you. Yeah, good morning, Edgar. Thanks for the invitation Absolutely. this morning. Absolutely. Uh, EHS, Environmental Health and Safety. Right. Critically important to the work that we do. So we're, we're going to talk about, that's our topic today because we're talking about our leadership and culture playbook. And so we're unpacking some of those things and safety is a critical piece of it. So we're, we're going to dive in together. That's your area of, of specialization and appreciate everything you do in that field. We'll get to some of those things in a minute. But first things first, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what's what's your background, anything that you think might be helpful for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I live in Middlebury here locally. Been here for 27 years, moved here straight out of college. My path into Lippert, I guess a little bit about my family, Sure, is uh, I have a wife, Amy, daughter, Abigail, son, Aiden. Abigail's in college at Purdue. Aiden's a sophomore in high school, you know, trying to figure out their way through life right now. And it's exciting times for us seeing our, our children grow into adults and what they learn in life and able to institute out into the real world. My path in environmental health and safety is, uh, I don't think it's unique in any fashion because safety tends to find people, hmm. not the other way around. You know, I I went into college with the mindset of I was going to go into medical school. I spent three and a half years in that world. And I quickly said, boy, I don't want to be in education for the next 10 or 12 years. Still learning. I was ready to get in the workforce and and really see what the world's about, what sure. I can do. And I really started off in environmental consulting and from there moved into manufacturing and health and safety comes typically with environmental into that world. They're they're married together right. in the manufacturing world specifically. And that's really where I picked up the safety component was when I moved in the manufacturing segment. And at first to me, it was really something like, hey, this is black and white, binary. You either are, you are not. And it was really driven by compliance early in my career. And mm-hmm. at some point along the way, I don't really know when it occurred, but at some point along the way, I was like, you know what? This is really about the people. There are two buckets. We're talking compliance. We're talking about people. And they're both very important, but yeah. the health of the people and the safety of people is really where it lies. That's where the more important piece is. And and I figured out that the people side is very intriguing and that when you can get people aligned, you can do really good things from in the health and safety perspective. Yeah. It can really make a, make a difference in the world and help people see that there's other ways to do things. They, mm-hmm. can, they can still be successful. They can still make a lot of money. They can still produce a lot of parts, but they can... St- but they can do it safely at the end of the day as well. That's right. Yeah. And and it's, especially in manufacturing, there's many opportunities for things to go wrong. And and so it's, I, I guess when I first joined the company, I thought about, I mean, I'm here because of our core values and that whole cultural transformation that that we've been part of and that journey that we've been on as a company for a number of years now. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment too from your angle. But I just saw an immediate connection between one of our uh, core values, caring about people, and safety. I'm like, if there's a match made in heaven, it's it's those two things. And I know that's really important for you guys and your team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so when you can you really think about a, a mechanism to allow a team to be successful? 
if caring about people is your core value and we're talking about the safety of those people, it makes it very simplistic and makes it easy for us to serve it up on a platter to people as to the why behind it, right? This is one of the whys we're talking to you about safety is because we want to make sure our company emulates those core values. You know, we're not perfect and we recognize that and we make decisions most likely every day mm-hmm. that someone says, hey, is that really fit core values? And sometimes they don't. And it's about doubling back and changing your lens yep. and saying, is it where we need to be? Is it aligned with our core values? And how do we change, go forward? Yeah. I, so I, I, in our conversations leading up to this this time together, you talked about this idea of, of safety and leadership that at some point in in days past, those two big ideas were really attractive to you. And, yeah. and that's been part of your journey here. So talk a little bit about the interface with the with the big idea of leadership and then and then and then safety and the function of those two things and how they meet in your mind. Yeah, for sure. You know, so when you really think about safety, there's all these different components and pieces to mm-hmm. it. There's the process side of it, there's the behavior side of it. And t- to me, I think it's a very good mix of both to be successful. I think if you have the behavior or cultural side aligned. The process side follows and the process side lends to success in that other side as well. But on the leadership side, for me personally, mm. you know, I've been doing this for 26 years now. And somewhere along the line, I recognize quickly that leadership is critical to the success of the culture. It's critical to the success of getting people to understand the why behind what we're doing. I remember back in the day, I'd sent an email about something, and I don't remember what the content was. And it was not a scathing email, but it was a pretty direct email, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a, a thou shall. Yeah. And Mr. Jason Lippert called me into his office at uh, College Avenue back in the day and said, hey, I think there's a better way to approach us to get people behind you. And it was really about finding a way to communicate more effectively to be able to have some influence over people. And I tell you what, since that point in time, I've taken a different approach on, on how I, I tackle those scenarios. I moved away from thou shalt to really mm. trying to utilize some relationship, some trust, some influence that we've developed over time with people. Yeah. Those three pieces are pretty critical, I think, to getting people to move from point A to point B. And uh, that moment in time for me was the one that really was like, ooh, I probably need to approach this differently. <laughs> And, and it's amazing how those conversations with Jason can kind of ring in your ears after, yes, right? They do. It did, it, it Ten years take later, <laughs> that's that's great. Talk talk a little bit about those days back then. Like, what was it like? Yeah, and maybe describe the progression, like over time. Say the last decade here at Lippert. Yeah, so you, last you've been decade, here for a few years. Yeah, I've been I've been here at Lippert in this this go round since uh, 2010. Wow. And when I came back in 2010, it was a much smaller company. Okay, it was a different world, had a different feel. You know, we had not. Uh, started down the the journey that we're on right now. It was pre-journey. Back then it was um, at all cost produce. Yeah. And um, it's different today for sure. And there was a, a moment in time, I, I can't tell you when it was, but there was a, a big focus. It really changed from the executive leadership team to really talking about lean leadership and safety and how those three components really influence the people that we work with every day and how important and the value it brings to the company. And it started off with really talking to people and recognizing Mm -hmm. that, hey, there's some gaps and communication that exists that we really need to start closing. And just having those conversations with people did several things. One, it opened up the channels of communication, letting them know that, hey, we want to hear from you. We want to know how to think differently. We want to know how you think we should think differently. And really starting those conversations with them around workplace safety about what can we do different from you, engaging them, sure, utilizing um, that 
tool set to help us bring change. And it, it was a wide eye opening for the EHS team because it really gave us an opportunity to see that, look, it's not just rule and law. Right. It's people we're talking about. Yep. It's the behavioral side of it that we're talking about. How can we get person A to get to where we need them to be to work safely? Yeah. And I, I really and understand I, that. Well, and, and I hear you, whenever I hear you talk about the topic that you guys talk about all the time every day, right? Is I hear you talking about engagement and how critical that is to the process. And I think that's what you're describing. For right sure. Now. Absolutely. I mean, for us in safety, if we're not engaging our people, if we're not letting them be part of the solution, not the problem, yeah. we're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, human beings really like to talk and have interaction with one another and and let people know where they're at. Sure. And if we're not doing that, yeah. there's a, a big opportunity that we're missing. Yep. On top of, they're closest to the problem. Absolutely. They're the one every day ingrained in the process. They know all the sidesteps. They know all the walkarounds to get around a, a process change to get part A, part B out quicker. They know all those little steps they're taking. And it's, it's about risk at the end of the day. Everybody's risk tolerance is a little bit different. And when you engage them, you have that conversation with them and show them the risk. Most times, not always, mm -hmm. most times they'll say, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And now, not only are they understanding what we're saying, but the solution probably came from them as well because I, they are closest. I, I love what, what I see happening at the plant level when, like with our first responder teams. And what I see with, usually it's a small group of people that have, you can talk about what the job of a first responder is, but you start to feel and see that passion come alive in people that take safety very seriously in the workplace. And when you have like what we call as champions, like at the local level. I mean, talk to me about that. To me, that's brilliant. When you see somebody with the first responder shirt on and like something might just be, just go a little bit awry and then they're on the scene. Like talk a little bit yeah, about that absolutely. whole program. So, so we have, and it's, it's varying at every facility, right? Most of our facilities have teams of people, whether that team is first aid, whether it's respirator, power industrial truck, whatever the case might be. Okay. The first responders go through CPR training, first aid training to really understand how to triage a situation. And there's additional training they go on, they go through over time to help them be able to respond to a situation that occurs in the workspace. And when it does occur, they're typically the first ones on site taking care of the person they probably work with every day, mm -hmm. right? And really helping them figure out, hey, is this a serious injury, something that's emergent that we need care for right now? Or is this something that, you know, is I'm hurting a little bit, I'm sore, and let's figure out a way to modify process or change um, operations to help eliminate that for right now. But those people engaged as first responders, talking about being engaged, yeah. they're learning. Absolutely. They're taking out and then implementing and then sustaining that over the long term as well. Yeah. And we get a lot of people that come to our organization. We've had several that have been positioned into EHS professionals that came from exactly that. They were first responders on the floor. Wow. They um, were very interested in learning more. They were willing to learn more. We were willing to teach them and yeah. they were able to transition into EHS and work, awesome. with, work with us for a long time to really help us make a difference. I've seen that here. Uh, a production leader kind of kind of jumps over and because of what they know about the production process and in a facility, um, I see this over in Goshen with a couple of people like Chance. He's one of our yeah. EHS guys and he's done a fantastic job of just making that transition from production to EHS. That background is super helpful, I'm guessing. Absolutely. You know, being able to understand how to work with people day in, day out is critical in our field. We've got to be able to use the soft skills to help make a difference in people. Yeah. And Chance, as an example, he gets very well how to communicate with people yep. to get the most out of them. Absolutely. He is able to figure out how to communicate with them effectively 
and it's different for every person. Yep. He's able to figure that pretty quickly to be able to communicate with them to get them to move where he needs them to be. Yep. I'm a big fan, um, and, and I think he's a classic example of somebody who's kind of made that transition, and there's other stories to tell like that as well. So, But I love that idea of having people boots on the ground, right? Yeah, Where absolutely. they're ready to go. You guys can't be everywhere. Your team yep. can't be everywhere. I mean, I know they're very much in motion and very integrated onto the teams, which I love, but those first responders, I think that's brilliant that you that take people through the training to prepare them for come what may. This episode of Lippert Built to Lead podcast is brought to you by the Lippert Academy for Leadership, the team committed to enhancing your organization's leadership and cultural goals with strategic leadership development programs, on-site training, executive coaching, speaking engagement, and customized solutions. Find out how to get your organization involved at www.lci1.com backslash academy or send us a message at academy at lci1.com. That's academy at lci1.com. I want to talk about something. When we were preparing for this, you know, when you have an environment that's really safe for a long period of time, in my mind, it's like it would be easy to kind of fall asleep on that. So, so talk to me a little bit. Remember when we had that conversation? Yeah, for sure. Like, I want you to unpack that a little bit. Like, what are the dangers of having a very nice safety record? Yeah, right on. So, when when you do have that nice safety record, and you have a, a lack of significant incidents. We'll call it. It's easy to become complacent. Complacency is the devil. When you are complacent, you tend to not focus on workplace safety, and it's easy for things to go awry in a manufacturing setting where there's moving pieces and parts day in, day out. Yeah. And if you become slightly complacent, it's an opportunity for something to happen that can significantly impact people. If you look at data over time um, from Bureau of Labor Statistics, from OSHA, when you start looking at significant injuries and fatalities, they tend to come from complacent operations. Wow. They may have the best safety records in the world, mm -hmm. but they become complacent. And when they become complacent, things happen. And it's not a bad thing, right? It just It's human nature to become complacent when you're in a situation where it feels really good. Yep. And it's it's easy to get there. And we've got to be very cognizant as leaders in the workspace to stay in front of our teams to allow, to not allow that complacency to, to grow yeah. and foster, yep. to really be in front and communicating and, and talking about safety. I know people hear it all the time. You got to talk about safety. You got to talk about safety. But if you're not, it's easy for the team members to become complacent and, yeah. and not think about safety absolutely I, I tell our leaders oftentimes that like, when it comes to like casting vision like that like keeping a safe uh workplace you know because it's I, I mean people get they, they get excited about safety i should say maybe excited isn't the right word to put it but you know they get way more conscious of it after something happens right absolutely they, they see a teammate get hurt or something like that and then it's like wow now it's top priority again yeah and you were saying it always needs to be top yeah i'll tell you what those defining moments when there's a significant injury that occurs all of a sudden everybody's johnny on the spot yeah. taking care of every little problem that existed yep they became complacent, right? Yep. And they some things slid and slipped. Right. And it's easy to again, it's very easy to get there in a in a production setting. Yeah. And we gotta make sure we're talking to our people, reminding them not to become complacent. Don't allow complacency to set in and lead to the opportunity for that significant injury to, to occur. I, I always tell our leaders like, listen, the, 
by the time you're just tired of hearing your own voice beat the drum about whether it's safety or engagement or 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 uh, or some kind of uh, critical metric, you know, on on the production floor. By the time you're done saying that or you're tired of saying that, people are just getting it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so we have to continue to beat the drum for safety, don't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, workplace safety, you know, and everyone's different. Everyone's made differently. Safety is on a, a paradigm that's different for everyone. Everyone views the risk differently. Mm-hmm. Um, your risk tolerance may be significantly different than mine, sure. right? Yeah. And we got to make sure that we're talking to people about working safe. If we're not continually talking about it, their individual risk tolerance can come into play. They may be willing to place themselves at risk to get task A, B, C, and D done quickly. Interesting. We don't want them to do that. We want them to not only take care of the self, we want them to take care of the team, yeah. which in turn takes care of the company as well, right? Yeah. If all three of those pieces are working together, self, team, and company, we can be very successful from a safety perspective, but it comes back to personal responsibility, team responsibility, and company responsibility. At the end of I the like day. that because we have a fast-moving, hard-charging, uh, uh, you could call it even aggressive, I, I would like to say that in a healthy way, right? Um, company, like we, we just do. We get things done and we get things done in a hurry, but but we dare not be reckless about it. Absolutely. And and, and I, I love the, the fast charging, the pace, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of people who work here really do appreciate that because we will pivot on a dime to be successful. Yep. And we will take the risk or the chance to get there, but we have to make sure that as we make that pivot, as we take that chance and that risk to be successful, that we're putting our people first. Yeah. We're thinking about their safety. We're not placing them in harm's way in the name of productivity or some other metric that we are measuring. And I think as a company, we've moved leaps and bounds over the last several years. For people new to the company, new to Lipper Components, it may be hard to see that because Today, we're much different than we were a decade ago, right? Yeah. But we have made significant changes and improvements and working towards being a better, safer work environment for our people. Love it. That's that's awesome. And, and quote of the day, complacency is the devil. Yeah, I, I like absolutely. it. And it is, it's so true. I mean, again, look at some of the greatest catastrophes that we've seen in the last decade. Their direct result of complacency sure. that occurred, either um, maintenance didn't happen or there was some other metric that was being measured that wasn't maybe not the right metric. Mm. And those things happen and it leads to significant injuries or catastrophes at the end of the day. Huge responsibility. It's it's great as we're talking about this because we start to feel it a little bit more closely, but, but let's just talk about the day by day by day by day challenges, okay? So we talked a little bit earlier about roadblocks and speed bumps. So talk about what are some of the things that actually slow us down from building the kind of safe environment that you see in your mind's eye as our leader for the company when it comes to EHS? And then what are some of the roadblocks that you guys deal with? Yeah, so speed bumps along the way. Speed bumps, uh, some of those are just becoming ingrained into operations, right? Mm-hmm. Historically, operations is kind of its own little entity that's running the, the business. All of our business units are, are very autonomous, which is great. Mm-hmm. It allows us to be highly flexible and pivot on a moment's time. But that autonomy sometimes separates out health and safety, and it's making sure that we are in lockstep with operations. Sure. We're a resource there to help them produce a safe environment. At the end of the day, if we're not helping them produce a safe environment, we're falling down somewhere along the way. So certainly a a speed bump along the way is the engagement with our operations teams, making sure that, hey, our teams, EHS, are out in front of ops saying, hey, we need to be part of the decisions. And it's vice versa coming from ops teams like, hey, we need to involve you in this process. And it happens, you know, we make missteps for sure. And they do occur, but it's, again, happens once, 
let's deal with it. Let's not let let's not let it happen again the second time. And, and I hear you guys say oftentimes that safety is all of our job, right? Yeah, it's, it's not the sure. CHS team. It's it's all of our job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for a long time, this company safety was safety's job, right? And um, and we're still working through that. We're still sure. tra- changing that mindset mm-hmm. that it's not safety's job. It's everyone's job. Everyone at every level in this company has a responsibility to make sure that our teammates are cared for, taken care of, able to go home, their family, friends, and community. At the end of the day, sometimes better maybe than even started their day, and they mm-hmm. don't even realize that. Maybe it's psychological safety. Maybe it's mental health. We're talking about all those things are able to be improved by us helping them work safely at work. And, and that's why it's part of our leadership and culture playbook. It's, it's critically important to us building the overall culture at our company. Talk a little bit now, Eric, about um, just about roadblocks. What yeah. are, how would you talk to them? Uh, to yeah, speak so, to that? You know, probably one of our biggest roadblocks and, and, producing a, a safe work environment. Well, I, I keep I going back to produce safe and work environment yep. because I think it's just like everything else. The effort you put into it is a directly proportional to the results that you mm, see. Of course. So it's it's super important that you're putting effort into working safely, right? Not just saying, hey, we're going to be safe. It's much more difficult and challenging than that. So we got to make sure we put the effort in to get the result we desire. One of the bigger roadblocks that we experience, though, is just the human nature to produce, 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 right? Mm. As a company, if we're not producing, we're not making money, if we're not making money, none of us have jobs. Mm -hmm. And um, we recognize that as a company. However, it does get in the way sometimes. You know, productivity becomes very important and people have a tendency to say, if I produce more, I'm more successful but they miss the step of producing safely sometimes. Sure. And and it's it is a roadblock for sure and it's one that we are constantly trying to stay in front of, talking communicating to people, making sure they're taking care of themselves, taking care of team, taking care of business at the same time we're producing parts and pieces effectively to generate revenue. Absolutely. So that's that's fantastic. What would you say cuz I think there's a lot of assumption that we make, you know, I'm a, I I guess you could say I'm, I'm I live outside of your world in some respects. I mean, do I want everybody to be safe? Of course. Do I know all the ins and outs in terms of the profession? I I don't. But I, I could make a lot of assumptions about the things that your team does or why you're here or all that kind of stuff. What's the one thing that if given the opportunity, you could just tell people like it would be. So, I would love if you understood this about what we do and why we do it. Like, what's the one thing that you could help us just start to get our head around so that we can truly appreciate the importance of this work? Great question. I love it. You know, if we really look at a health and safety professional's life, most of them are here for one reason. They're here because they're passionate about people. They want to make sure people are taken care of. They want to make sure that they are able to go home at the end of the day for their family and mm. friends. They don't want, no one wants to see people hurt, particularly in the eyes of a safety professional. They don't want to see that. And really being able to effectively communicate with people to let them know what risks that they're facing, let them know what the outcome of that risk could be if they take a shortcut, if they place themselves in jeopardy, you know what that could look like. You know, that risk conversation is is a lot of times overlooked or hazard. Another way to look at hazard, risk, hazard, sure. equal one another. And a lot of times that's overlooked, and people don't tend to think about that. And you know, our team puts a lot of focus in identifying a lot of different types of risks and hazards, and identifying those 
but not only identifying them, but then turning those into actions that we can follow up on to assure we're eliminating that risk or hazard in, in some fashion. Yeah. Is, is that what we're talking, when we're talking about near miss, is that what we're talking about? Or is it, is it, it it's Could be. highly preventive though, is what we're, is that's the real goal of this? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And a, a near miss could be, yeah. I mean, a, a near miss is identifying a potential risk or hazard sure. and then making sure we're following up that somewhere on the backside for yeah. sure. Excellent. I love it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming alongside today and, and just unpacking this conversation with us. It, it's so important, easy to take it for granted, to get, get complacent Absolutely, it on is. it, right? Yeah. Um, until that thing goes wrong and and then our, it changes our tune real quickly. But the idea is to stay ahead of that and to every day build on and recreate and create safe work environments. So just just give us maybe two or three things that we could take away. So somebody that's listening in and people that are listening right now are, um, they're, they're uh, intrigued or their interest has been piqued at, at some way, shape or form about Lippert. Okay. Yeah. And they're maybe listening because they're open to uh, our, our, our cultural journey that we've been on for a number of years and you've been on board for all of those years. But what are a couple actionable things that they could do today as it, as it specifically relates to the work that you all are doing on your team, what would you tell somebody? What are a couple simple things that we could take away today and make our, our workplace more yeah. safe? Go out into the workspace, talk to people. Mm. As simple as talking to people about their safety. Communicate to them that we don't want them to take the risk to place themselves at undue risk. We want them to produce. We want them to produce safely, though. We don't want them to be place themselves or others at risk. We want to make sure that they're taking the time to take the steps to do the job correctly and safely. Those steps have been identified through SOPs, work instructions, whatever the case may be. Yep. So number one, talk to the people. Awesome. Engage them. Yep. Right? I keep, we, we've heard that word surface yeah. many times, but if you're engaging the people, letting them feel like they're part of the solution, we're able to get much further along the way. Secondly, that would go right along with the engagement piece. We'd be making sure we're staying in front of change. If we're experiencing change, maybe some changes coming, let's talk about it. You know, engage your health and safety people. Let's make sure that we are able to address change before it becomes problematic. Yeah. No one likes change right. of any sort. Yeah. So, no one's not fair. I kind of relish <laughs> in change, to be honest. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. But a lot of people really don't like change. Oh, yeah, I know a few. Right? And uh, yeah, yeah, I, th I, th I think we all do. And if, if we're talking about that change, change up front, it makes yeah. it much easier to affect the outcomes that we need to see and the result that we do produce. Yeah. And, and I know with that actively. So that's great. I love those two things. Talk to the people, yep. get out to where the work is being done. Right. And and then with regard to change, like help prepare the way. I know we consult a lot with the safety teams when we're about to say relay out a line. Yeah. Right. Or we're going to be bringing in some new equipment that's going to be on the port because we got to look at it from that angle. Absolutely. You know, and that's uh, for the company, it's critically important that we continue to do so, right? Right. That as we change a process, as we buy a new piece of equipment, that we're engaging the right people in process yes. to make sure that there's an opportunity to provide input so that we do develop a safe system. Earlier, I was talking about process and people. The process side of safety is important. We got to make sure the tools that we give the people are the right tools because if we give them the wrong tools, no matter what behavior is, right. the outcome is still not going to be favorable. Yep. So we got to make sure we get the processes in the right spot to be able to support the behaviors that we're asking for. That's excellent. I, I so appreciate you and your team being the eyes and ears of safety and reminding us time and time again, like you do, beating the drum, that we're here to send people home safely to their families so that they can rest and let's do it again tomorrow and let's do it in a really productive, 
effective and safe way. Eric, I so appreciate the work that you and your team do. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Yep. Thank you, Edgar, very much. Yeah. Greatly enjoyed this. Absolutely. So if, uh, if there's a way that we can come alongside you and your organization as the Lippert Leadership Academy, we would love to talk to you. All you got to do is uh, send us a quick email at academy at lci1.com. That's academy at lci1.com. We would love to hear about the journey you're on or the one that you're about to embark on and, and share ours with you. We feel like you might we might be able to help um, show you the way. And so we're thrilled to do that. Again, this is one of the critical pieces of our own playbook. And if there's a way that we can help you take your next steps, just let us know. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and know that together we can use the 40 or 50 hours a week we have to influence and impact others and truly make business a force for good in this world. If you don't mind, do me a favor and leave your comments for us and share this episode with a few people. The world needs this message. Thanks again for joining us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the view or mission of Lippert Components Incorporated.